Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is... One Kiss Means Forever! This is the podcast. When we're right in the middle of going after our dreams, we forget everything about ourselves but still know about canoes. Um, we're talking about your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on all sorts of romantic networks. Uh, but this time, it's another Hallmark ditty for you. Yes, it is. So today, we are talking about, I don't know, I want to say it's classic, but it's probably not because it's actually not that old. But a movie from September 23rd, 2017 called Falling for Vermont. And here is Hallmark's little synopsis. When a best-selling author decides to escape the media frenzy, her plan goes awry when she's caught in a thunderstorm and crashes her car. Found wandering with no memory and no ID, the town doctor, and a single dad, <laughs> offers up his guest house until her memory returns. But as she blends seamlessly into their family, she must decide if the life she's been living is the life she wants. And it stars... Julie Gonzalo, and Benjamin Ayers. I think this is the first Hallmark synopsis I've ever seen that really leans into those tropes. You know, <laughs> town doctor and single dad. <laughs> well, it's very important that he is single. Yes. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So, Julie Gonzalo plays Angela Young, a burnt-out author, She's written a very successful series about, about time travel, and the movie version is about to come out. She's being pulled in too many directions, doing book events and movie premieres, and uh, not getting to do too much writing, which is her favorite part, of course. And her manager-slash-boyfriend, who is, of course, Peter Benson, because we did a great job putting our lineup together this season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Peter Benson is just a hallmark hallmark at this point. Um, anyway, and yep. also her assistant slash sister are really great at organizing her life, but um, they are not listening to her need to have a break. So after a day of signings and interviews, uh, she sees an opportunity to escape and steals her sister's car. Heading away from Boston, Angela starts driving and ends up in Vermont. Unfortunately, the weather takes a turn, and there's a major rainstorm. Angela clearly doesn't have a car of her own, so she doesn't do a ton of driving, which means that her driving in weather skills are poor, which is how she hydroplanes and crashes. The next morning, she is found wandering down the road, purseless, shoeless, phoneless, and memoryless. Helpless. Hopeless. Um, yes, uh, she does not know who she is. The appropriate thing to do when finding an amnesiac on the road is to bring them to a doctor, which is how Angela finds herself at the offices of Dr. Jeff, played by Benjamin Ayers. Physically, she is fine, but it, it's just her memory that is broken. <laughs> Um, he assures her that her memory will return soon, but he can't say when. In the meantime, the police will keep looking for her identity, but for now, she picks the name Elizabeth, and Jeff offers her use of a little cabin that is on his property. After a few days, Angela's sister and boyfriend are starting to worry that they haven't heard from her. They decide to give her a few more days, 
since she's pulled this kind of disappearing act before, and then they'll freak out if they still haven't heard from her. They just continue to run her little time traveler series empire as if she's just, like, too busy to have an interview. Like, they're basically hiding that she's missing. Um, Her being gone is actually easier since they don't have to manage her as well as the business. Back in Vermont, Elizabeth still remembers very little. Even with the help of the town, she's only getting weird, like, flashbacks that she can't quite connect. Um, While Jeff is at work and his kids, Emily and Alex, are occupied in this little town, Elizabeth heads to the library to research and try to jog her memory. When that doesn't really work, she finds Emily at the gazebo trying to write a play. And so even if she doesn't remember that she's an author, Elizabeth slash Angela helps with the story structure. So her understanding of her craft is deeper than memory. Angela Elizabeth, or Elizabeth Angela, I don't know exactly what to call her, uh, and Emily go to the thrift store to get Elizabeth some clothes as she's been in borrowed scrubs and it looks like she's going to stick around for a bit. Jeff sees them in the store and joins them. And so after a full uh, movie makeover montage, (laughs) they decide her look is that of a standard casual white lady. (laughs) Which makes makes Jeff get a little tongue-tied. Beautiful women in jeans and a sweater. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. We love the good fall look of jeans and a sweater. I had a friend once call it Han Solo season because all women are in, like, boots and vests. <laughs> it's Han Solo season. Um, so Elizabeth Angela is integrating well into this family unit and life in Vermont. She helps with child care, and she is really great at communicating with kids because, you know, young adult author magic. It probably helps that she's Emily's favorite writer, even though nobody knows that quite yet. Uh, but Emily is, like totes into this time travel series um which is cool it's one of those like oh man she didn't have a picture on the back cover that we could have but anyway so she gets alex off of his device by getting the kids to help her restore an old canoe that jeff has in the backyard why does she know anything about canoes or how to restore them we never find out but she is really good at it And Jeff is touched and impressed that Elizabeth, Angela, and his kids would do such a thing. Plus, he's able to bond with Alex in a way that he hasn't been able to since the death of his wife. Emily and Alex are pretty much team Elizabeth. They are all for their dad finding love again if it's with her. But Jeff and Elizabeth, Angela decide that while she is his patient, it is unethical. And I agree. Yes. That they start something. And while Elizabeth is getting bits and pieces of memory, she can't place them or figure out what they mean. So she's just going along, writing in the journal Jeff got her to help, hanging out with his family, and helping with the upcoming Harvest Festival. The festival! So Emily has written this play that will be performed at the Harvest Festival, and Elizabeth is basically her adult advisor. Uh, She's helping with structure and dialogue, motivation, basically as a writing teacher. But finally, it's the day before the show, and the run-through with the other kids Emily's age um, did not go great. Um, But because of this bond they've built, Elizabeth is able to instill confidence in Emily that the play can be fixed and all will be well. 
finally, back in Boston, Angela's sister and boyfriend report her missing. And in Vermont, the crashed car is finally found. Running the plates, they are able to link up that this car crash means that Elizabeth must be Angela. The police tell Jeff, who is sad that now Elizabeth will need to go back to her real life. Meanwhile, Emily has disappeared, and Elizabeth goes to find her in the bookstore. Seeing the display of her own books, Elizabeth's memory comes rushing back, and she remembers that she is, in fact, Angela. Yes. This is my book. I wrote these. (laughs) If I ever lose my memory, I hope I'm like, this is me. I'm a famous artist. (laughs) Just pretend. Anyway, so at the festival, Jeff goes to tell Angela that he knows who she is, but she stops him because they, um, she's like, hey, let's just have a good afternoon. Let's just be who we are to each other right now. Uh, so they agree to have a great afternoon as they are, and they do festival things like Bob for Apples, ride the Ferris wheel. It's real cute. It's like they have a date, wah, wah, wah. But when it's time for Emily's play, they're in the front row. And at the end, Emily asks Elizabeth Angela to come up on stage for a thank you. Just then, Peter Benson shows up and reveals uh, her identity. Plus the fact that both she and Jeff knows all day. has They come out. They realize, oh, we both knew we were Angela. I was Angela this whole time. Um, anyway, Angela returns back to Boston and the grind of her life. One month later, Angelo's life is still all about the interviews and the talk shows. They all want to know about her experience with amnesia. And after saying how important and special her time in Vermont was on air, she realizes just how true that was. She breaks up with Peter Benson and asks this time to borrow her sister's car. She returns to Vermont with the start of a new manuscript. Finding Emily at the gazebo, she asks her to be the first one to read it. Jeff arrives and asks if she meant what she said on TV. Walking slowly towards each other, she confirms that she wants this life in Vermont. And so, they kiss. And since one one kiss kiss means means forever, forever, Emily and Alex have a new mom. Yay! I would like to know if this is a new car that her sister gives her to drive. Okay. <laughs> it is. She, she does say something about, like, I just got it. So, or, like, <laughs> like, bitch, no. Go to Enterprise. Okay. Um, <clears throat> can we discuss timing in this movie? Yes. Since we're talking about the car. Yes. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So we're given at various times, like, Time ranges, I guess, is the best sure. way. Like, we know when Angela arrives in town, it's 12 days until the festival. And and at some point, uh, what are what's his actual name? Like, Bran and Brad and Christina or something, whatever, her sister and her boyfriend, like, say, we'll wait six days for her to resurface. Sure. So in theory, that should be halfway through her time at this thing. For them to figure this out but it all seems like they didn't go to the police for 12 days yeah but also she like like when is like there there's a moment where they're like we'll have dinner and then she goes to sleep rather than goes to have dinner um 
or you know things will be like like a you know we have to get you clothes but they act like she's been there for like a week yes you know it's like a very strange thing um it's also like harvest festival but these children don't seem to go to school no i don't know where school is in this um and there's there's somebody who says she's like filling out her information to get a dorm room for college it's like shouldn't you be there like what's going on yeah yeah like you know there's a lot of like really strange things also i like have a lot of questions about this police department that could not find a a car vehicle crash for over a week i for two weeks technically (laughs) because because when because emily says she has two weeks to write this play and there's a moment when Peter Benson and the sister of like, you know, she's been missing for like two weeks. And it's in like the same scene that yeah. you see them pulling up this car off the side of the of a major road. And so you're like, it took it, them it two weeks like it's, to it's find this thing? the only road into town. Right. It's the only road into town. They know they have somebody who had like clearly had some sort of event. Yeah. And nobody went looking for this. No. Like that seems crazy. Because also it seems like... Like, maybe there's a bit of a drop off the road, you know, like, it's elevated or something. But, like, it didn't seem like it was, like, you know, like it seemed ravine. like she, like, went off. Yeah. Like, like she barely, like, the, the car is, like, right off the road. Like, it's not, like, deep in the woods. Right. And it's not right? like, you know. Like, that was the no. impression. It's like, there's, like, there's, like um, you know, I watch a lot of true crime. And they sometimes say, like, this body was sitting there, and you really should have been able to see it, but it was in the perfect spot where, like, there was bushes and trees, and so the the random passersby couldn't see this body. But this is a fucking car. This isn't a body. <laughs> like, you could see a well, car. Not only I'm... that, but you would think they would look for some, like, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, they would, you know, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, yeah, people miss the bodies because they're not looking for a body. Mm, yeah, Whereas, that's true. Like, like you, nobody went looking for like. Okay, we have this person who showed up in town without a memory. How could she possibly have gotten here? It had to be a, like either she was pushed out of a car or she got in a car wreck. Like those are basically your only two options. Sure. So maybe we should go see if there's a car wreck. Like you know, there's like a one mile <laughs> radius that she probably could have been walking from. You know, like right. Like, oh, it, sleepy it, Vermont. It would have been like like. <laughs> An afternoon, it's you know, crazy. like a, like one one guy's afternoon, like it two just seems so crazy. Um, speaking of this car wreck, I I don't know if this is true, but it seems like it should be. She has no physical injuries, including no concussion, but her memory is gone. But, but no, has no memory. Is that possible? Listen, I'm not a doctor, but I don't <laughs> think so. I don't I don't think so. Like I think it's the only way that they could have like written in that that 2 weeks is like a fine time if she if we if if she has pulled a disappearing act before that her friends and family aren't getting worried. But if they had given her other injuries, like they would have had to have her in like traction for like a month. They couldn't. They couldn't write that. You I know. I feel like all, all other amnesia movies, 
they get like a little cute little cut on their forehead, you know, <laughs> that basically needs a Band-Aid. I'm looking at you, Peter Forte. Um. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how amnesia works. Like, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, uh, I, 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 I think I don't it's know, a fun device. But I just, I also, it like felt like, you know, how, how did we not have a concussion? That seems like such a like, we didn't have a, you have a concussion, you have to stay up with me. Yeah. Like, we didn't get that. And I no. thought that was strange. And usually that's the, you have a concussion, you have to live with me so I can monitor you. Right. That's a, I mean, this isn't quite the, um, I, am the, I am the cause of your accident, let me heal you trope that we get a lot, yeah. you know? But it's sort of there because he's a doctor. But, yes. Right. I don't um, know. I have a few more things to bring up if you... Yeah, Unless let's do it. you would like to take the lead. Okay, so, first of all, the based on the movie, the look of the book, everything, I would call her books YA. Yeah, absolutely. But the first person she talks to about her book looks mm, six? Yeah. <laughs> like, the the only thing I could think of is, like, maybe she's being read these books. Possibly. I mean, like... It just, it seemed like a strange choice because, like, not that I don't think that there are six-year-olds with the ability to grasp a YA book as somebody who was read things like Bridget Terabithia and Goodnight sure. Mr. Tom as a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> Kate is giving me a look. Um, <laughs> or, or, like, and, like, Devil's Arithmetic definitely was five, five or six. Um, you know, like... That I couldn't read, you know, somebody sure. was reading those to me. But I don't think I would have been, like, the person that the author would go to. They would have been like, it's a little weird that there's a baby here. <laughs> like You just you know, established like, object permanence. How are you doing with time travel? <laughs> right. Like, it just seems like a little, like, like, I believe those children exist. I just think it's weird for them to be that prominent like it just should have been like a 10 11 year old yeah that was that was just weird to me I also thought Um, it was funny with that same child where like she went up to her and she said I love your costume because she was dressed up like Athena and Athena's costume is a hoodie under a jacket which like is your (laughs) standard fall wear so it's like yeah I don't think I'm not sure I could pick that in a crowd. And even if I had written the book, I wouldn't have said, like, great costume. This is not, like, wizard's robes or, you know, like a, right. a Lana tunic or something like that, you know? <laughs> like, right. She, di- she didn't look like she was in costume. No. Like, no. it looked like an outfit that you would wear. And, yeah. Yes. Also, why does she pick the name Elizabeth? What does that mean? It's like, it hmm. seemed like it was supposed to be significant. In some capacity. No and I idea. feel like it would have been significant if she named herself Athena. Yeah. That would have been. But I don't she know. she didn't. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe she just thought it was pretty. I, I don't know. I'm with you where okay. it seemed like it was a big weighty moment. Um, but uh, no, I have no idea. Or like or like, or like, if her middle name was Elizabeth. or You know, like there, there was some connection that 
we ever learned about, but we we didn't. Um, nope. Okay, they put her blood pressure reading on a whiteboard on the door. In really her... weird scrawling, <laughs> like blood yeah. pressure. Is that a HIPAA violation? I don't know. I, I I had to pause to look at it because it was like written in such weird handwriting. I'm like, what is this, what does this say? I didn't look too closely. I just said like blood pressure and like the pressure's all scrunched because they didn't know how to space it on the board. Yeah. It was funny. It could but be like, a HIPAA violation. It just seemed like I it just was like, I feel like this is one of those things where like, first of all, it's a weird thing, like of all the things to put on the door, like blood pressure? Like you would think it would be like amnesia amnesiac sure. or you know, like I don't know. Even like blood type would be more helpful. <laughs> I feel like the the per like the the assistant director or whoever would probably have said to some PA, write something doctory on this whiteboard. Like, and they're like, well, what do I write? Blood pressure. Yeah, it was just weird. Um, I, have a, I have a couple things yeah. to, to mention. Um, okay. But, they, but they're all just like dumb little nitpicky things. Like um, mm-hmm. like the, the two weeks to write a play for Emily like they've asked Emily to write this play like on the day, but they're already advertising Fall Fest. And I was like, you're going to ask a child to write a play and put it up in two weeks. You're asking them to fail and she's going to have PTSD forever. Um, <laughs> putting that putting right. that play up like by right. herself. It, like the way they uh, said it, it almost was like seemed like it was supposed to be like, OK. It, or like. In the real world, it would have been a play that she'd already written where they were like, mm-hmm. make a few edits. Sure. In the two weeks. Practice that was with not friends. No. Yeah. And they, and they hinted that it was based on like a story that she wrote. But this story was like in no way fall themed. It was like a weird friend drama. And it's like, okay, like, sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure why it was what it was. Yeah, it's it's like it's basically an anti-bullying campaign. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, she gains like, friends instead I'm of concert sure. tickets. But, yeah, though I was also a little bit upset about the concert tickets, even though it's not real. I was like, ah, I want both. Yeah, yeah, like, like can't, at, at the end of it is like, okay, you didn't find the concert tickets. How'd you buy them? Did some is somebody's credit card on file? <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that like hit my my ears weird was um, the movie people would like uh, so Peter Benson and sister are discussing further businessing um, for Angela's like career, and the movie people are like, um, we want an outline. Um, uh, we have we want an outline if this film takes off for the next new book, and I was like, there are multiple books in this series. Hypothetically, if this movie right. takes off, wouldn't they just have other books to drive off of? Like, like this makes yeah. no sense to me. Well, I I couldn't decide if those were the movie people or like the next or the publishing people, but either, either way, way, it seems like such a. It seems so strange, as a like okay, she had a. Th- she seemed to have a three book contract, which she has fulfilled. 
mm-hmm. and like has ended the series. At which point everybody seems to be like, but keep going. I guess. <laughs> which, yeah. Which is a very TV show thing to do. Sure. But not really a book thing to do. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I guess like if, you know, if Mockingjay was already published when Hunger Games came out, I could guess I could see where a publisher would be like, now write a short story in the universe that we can sell and make a lot of money now that these movies are catching fire. No pun intended. Boom. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> but but you would not ask for a sequel to Mock. Jay, because no. that, like it doesn't make any sense. You could right. have, you could be like, you know what, we we want to keep people in this world. Give us a pre, like, you know, give us a story of the first Hunger Games. You know, whatever it sure. is. You know, like I can see being like, we want to stay in this world, and that's what we're gonna pay you for. But just like it was, it just is a, a weird thing for everybody to be pushing. Where she's like, no, it's over. Like I finished the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. And like, and for her to have other ideas, it's like, okay, you can still profit off of this. Be like, okay, the new series by the person who brought you the Time Traveler series. And everybody would buy it. And they'd be like, meh. Yeah. Like the next Aragon right. series that What's-His-Face wrote that I don't remember uh, the name but, of. Right. But, but that's, you know, that's a chance you take, I suppose. But hopefully, if your author is good enough, you'd just... You buy it. You buy it. Um, my last quick thing that I thought was strange that they didn't do because it seemed so obvious to me. Um, why was sister and and manager not a thing at the end? Like they I seemed agree. Like perfect for each other. Absolutely. I thought that that was what's that was that was going to absolutely happen. But yeah, it seems weird that 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 it didn't. Maybe it was at a least cut scene in the scope of the movie. Because I was like, well, obviously, these two are the same person, and they love each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is a, a version of this movie where you get it from the other side, where it's like, no, I have a girlfriend. I can't date you. I know it's my sister, but I'm pulled towards you. You know, like, yes. th- that, that story exists. Let's write that story. Because it hasn't <laughs> been written ever in these. Ever. Nope. <sighs> There were some um, just just two lines of dialogue that I thought were really dumb that I just wanted to point out. Um, okay. And this might be mean, but um, there's a moment at the festival where um, Benjamin Ayers says to her, um, look up, you're going to miss the surprise. And the surprise is fireworks. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I think she'd catch it when she heard the big yeah. boom. Nobody misses. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody who is... Uh, has has good hearing is gonna miss fireworks. Right. And the last line that I wrote down that made me so mad was when she breaks up with Peter Benson. He says, "Do me a favor, don't stop writing." And she's like, "And I'm like, no, it's 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 her career. Like, I'm not gonna stop <laughs> writing because I broke up with you. Like, what the fuck is your Wait. problem?" <laughs> also, she essentially broke up with him partially because he didn't give her enough space and time to write. Exactly. It was just <laughs> such a dumb thing to say. I was like, what the fuck do you think of? Like, of course not, bitch. <laughs> I, okay, this breakup that they have, I was confused about it because based on the words that were said, in my mind, 
She is breaking up with him as her boyfriend, but not as her manager. Yeah. And he takes it as, I will never see you again. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know that these two people are having one conversation. I think they're misunderstanding each other. It's all or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ado Annie. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I agree just thought with it was, you. It was, I thought it was very strange. I was like, wait, you know, like he's acting like they're like done, done. And I think she was just like, I don't want to date you anymore. Because <laughs> she says something like we we work really well together. Or like we make a good team. Yeah. Just not romantically. Of, you know, like, yeah. And I was like, I don't think she's firing you. I think she's just dumping you. <laughs> But whatever. I agree. Hallmark Hallmarks. Uh, I mean, the first one, we have amnesia. Yes. Get it out there. Um, I have famous, successful person who doesn't want the spotlight. Also maybe known as woman with great career is sad inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put Peter Benson as a shitty boyfriend as a Hallmark Hallmark. And a uh, boyfriend is also the manager. Yeah. The hotels are full, so you must stay with man. Also slash someone must stay with amnesiac. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just going, it's like I went on a whole bunch of different versions of this, but I'm still going with it. Uh, boyfriend doesn't know her allergies, making him the wrong guy. Oh, very smart. Um, people have guest houses. Um, woman from big city finds home in small town. Love it. She has odd niche knowledge in that she knows how to restore canoes. Yeah. Uh, there is a freak weather event. Oh, good point. A child is instantly bonded to new stranger. (laughs) Uh, this town has a very prominent gazebo. Yes, we have a gazebo. We have a fashion montage, which you mentioned in the synopsis. And a festival. Festival. Uh, interrupted kiss. Uh, mom slash wife is dead and life is hard. Life is hard. The last one I wrote down is I have something to tell you. No, wait. I have something to tell you. <laughs> and they never talk about it. I like it. Um, so I have a couple more. So... This this new one that is coming up, uh, googling or whatever version of that we have in whatever in movie world, a stupid thing that can't possibly bring up a helpful search, because <laughs> he, I wrote it down. Hold on, let me pull it up. He googles attractive missing woman. <laughs> At first, it's missing woman, and then changes it to attractive missing. Woman. Like, what What did you think was going to happen? Like, what? This isn't helpful. <laughs> so funny. Um, I, I did call these precocious children. Yes. Um, and they are trying hard not to accept that the happy bubble of this life needs to burst for the real world. Yes. Oh, well done. Good job. Um, I'm going to be honest. 
I didn't put anything in any of the categories until Kiss Meter. So if you have anything, okay, go ahead. I got you. Awesome. So I my like. I actually don't think this is an ugly movie in any way, but the only pretty parade I have is an anti. Right. <laughs> um, at some place, uh, like when she when they go to the festival, she is wearing this white sweater that is shorter in the front than the back, but it's not like a clean shorter. It is like almost like they cut the front out and it's got this weird square butt flap thing like a loincloth and I hated it. Oh, I did and not so notice was, that at like, all. And she's got this jacket over it. So, it, like, the front looks like she doesn't have a sweater, and the back, there's, like, this white butt flap. <laughs> not into it. I was like, why is this happening? Why? Why Just have either have a long sweater or don't have a long sweater. Like, wh- whatever this is is not working for me. Wow. wow. Um, did you have any across the universes? I, I had a couple. Yeah. So, you know, one that we've kind of already touched on of, like, Peter Benson is the manager boyfriend who is a problem. (laughs) Um, uh, I did say that she is a writer who is way more famous than she actually would be in real life, especially since her picture is not on the book jacket. Yes. But she's only famous in Boston because you would think that if Emily is as obsessed with Angela Young as she's claims to be that she would have looked her up Boston literary setting and the city don't know what the city is yeah so I just I thought that was notice noticeable to me yeah um and then this is just like because I got excited and I didn't know where else to put it um when she goes into the bookstore the owner of the bookshop is shelving Garth Nick's novels (laughs) I liked that which I, I mean, I only I know a couple Garth tell. Nicks. I could but... only see that Garth Nick's on it, like, and it, you know, like his covers look sort of similar, so it's sure. a little hard to tell. Um, I do, I do like. I just thought that was Sabriel very much. Yeah. Um, for my new and noteworthy, I just thought that the chores in exchange for the Wi-Fi pass- password was a like brilliant parenting hack. I, I did um, have that in my notes, but I forgot to put it in New and Noteworthy. Yeah, that's so smart. Yeah, I was like, you know what? That Like, great. I will never do it, but great. <laughs> Just because I can't be like, bothered. I can't be bothered with yeah, changing passwords. Yeah, right, right. It's The work of having to change the password is more stressful than yelling at a kid to do their chores. <laughs> sure. But, you know. Um, and now I'm at Kiss Meter. Yes. Okay. Why don't you go um, first? Okay. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm afraid I gave this one a four. Um, okay. Uh, not that it wasn't earned. I do like this couple, but there are kids watching, and there was a spit string um, when they kissed, a string of spit um, that was just a little bit uh, uh, upsetting, and it just didn't look like it was a very delicious book. Uh, book didn't look like it was a very delicious kiss in the first place so i'm like eh, fuck it four i don't care how about you all Hannah? right it was slightly nicer than you but i also i gave it a five because <laughs> i thought it was well deserved and i don't hate the lines but the kiss itself looked like maybe they hit their teeth on each other like it, it looked a little like hard 
And I also said some visible spit ropes. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't, I don't like this. And like, and I said, plus the kids watching, watching and laughing in the back is uncomfortable. I don't like it. So yeah, same page, same page. Love it, love it. But Hannah, would you watch this movie? Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, I think it's really cute. <laughs> You know, I despite it's only when I sit and think about these things because we have to because that's what we talk about. Then I'm like, why is this movie a movie? But no, I we both talked about this because we both like this movie. (laughs) You're right; it is kind of a classic in that it is played every fall. Like we watch it every fall, and it's sweet. I just wish that they had dived into the canoe shit a little bit more because I'm really interested in that. Right, like there, there is no explanation whatsoever as to why she knows this Kadesh shit, and it's like I would love to, like, you know, you don't need much of a backstory of like, you know, even like where could she go? Do you think she went out on the canoe or you know, like, like yeah, just tell us that she knows shit about canoes, right? And the thing that I kept, it was really stupid, but it kept in my mind for the whole time that she borrows her sister's car, but they all took a limo to the place that they went. So hypothetically, her sister's car is not nearby to have been stolen because they all shared a car to the studio. And I I kept thinking about it the whole movie, and it bothered me. Well, because her sister drove to the book event, but then they took a limo together to the yeah, yeah, yeah. She left her car wherever that yeah. was. Mm, I mean, like thinking, not also, can't think too hard. We, we didn't really get, like, like you can't like think too hard because also I don't think we're supposed to think that she like committed a crime. Yeah, she stole <laughs> like, and damaged her sister's car, and to think that she wouldn't be on a television set and not have a PA assigned to her so she could just you know split. <laughs> I don't think right. She just like walks off the set in a way where you're like, nobody's watching this woman. Like, right. She's literally on next. Yeah. She was sitting right there. Oh, okay. Right. And like she gets up from this. It was very strange, but whatever. But yes, yeah, it's You cute. can't think too hard about these. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we think this one is adorable and, and worth watching. Yeah. And uh, so thanks, everybody. Um, make sure that you're following us on all the socials. One kiss means forever, where the one and the four are numerals. Um, we try to live tweet when possible. Um, all of that stuff. And with, oh my goodness, Christmas just around the corner. We've got a lot, a lot to do. Lots <laughs> to do. If you need to email us for any reason, maybe you know something about a canoe that you want to tell us, uh, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out like you see on our logo. And thank you, as always, to Flint Pastors for our intro-outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, and make sure to rate and review us when you get a chance. We Thanks. love to hear from you. Thanks so much. All right. I'm just looking at this.
there's a typo and I copy paste, so it's not my typo, but it's fine. <laughs>